is your laugh track for this episode. <laughs> In three, two, and one. It's the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 38. I got the key to this whole podcast. You ready? Okay. I finally in my career have a source that's now delivering. My source told me when Rob Gronkowski was in the building in Tampa and other people said, no, JT, you're wrong. He's down there for WWE. Remember when they gave him that championship belt for wrestling? I said, no, 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 no. I have a source who was in the building and saw him there and he ended up signing with who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so that source to me is credible. But in in our field of sports, you need two, or at least I saw that in all the president's men. (laughs) So you need two. So the same source, who I'm going to keep close, told me about a month ago, and I was able to document on the air, that Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick were in New England. Not at the same time, but close. So I went with Cam Newton, and I said, hey, the guy I know, Cam Newton's in New England having a bowl of chowder. He's there probably having a lobster roll. He was there. They were kicking the tires on him. The same source told me that Colin Kaepernick is going to be involved with the New England Patriots in a non-football way. So he's not going to be the quarterback, but he's going to be involved with the Patriots organization in a non-football way. Whatever that would be, I'll leave it at that. Interesting. So I wanted to get that in the podcast because the guy's been two for two with me. He had Cam, he had Gronk, and then he said to me, oh, oh my God. I go, what? He goes, do you want the photo? I go, no. He goes, well, Antonio Brown's in Tampa. I go, what do you mean? He goes, he's in Tampa. He's there. He's going in. They're kicking the tires on him. So I went with that. It got picked up by Bleacher Report, a whole bunch of sites, fan-sided. I went on three radio shows. Yes, they're looking at Antonio Brown in Tampa. So I gave you a lot there. Wow, you did give me a lot there. Now, will it matter if uh, for several reasons, JT? Yep. It's the, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, I always go with organization, just like with all the people jumping on the Cleveland bandwagon last year. Remember, I said it's the Cleveland Browns. They're the Clippers of the NFL. They've won well, a championship with John Gruden. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and guess what? Yeah, and guess what? That every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds his nuts, as I always say. And over in the AFC, so they're the Bengals. Bengals have been to two Super Bowls. Uh, they didn't win them, but. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in a lot of ways, have been the Bengals. Not the worst team in the NFC, but consistently bad over the years. Uh, And then Rob Gronkowski, uh, who knows? He'll give you eight games a year because he's been been injured, but maybe we'll only get eight games out of this year because of COVID-19. Same source gave me something. You're a bodybuilder. you got to hear this. Gronk will quit or move on from the Bucs because he can't keep the weight on. I asked for clarification, mm-hmm. said that Gronk can't keep the weight on at the level that you have to play his position. Remember when Gronk at the end of his career became a great blocking tight end? He yeah. Into that. yeah. Well, that was because of the weight and the enormity of how much weight and strength he had. He looks like a male model who does, you know, salad commercials. Right. And he's having a difficult time putting the weight on. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Interesting. Kaepernick to the Patriots in a non-football capacity. Um, Antonio Brown to the Buccaneers. 
And I'm pretty confident that they, I know they looked at him. I'm positive they looked at him. I don't know if he's going to sign, but I'm going with that. And the Cam Newton thing to the Patriots is a huge story. Oh, this my God. There's so much there, too. First of all, before I get to that, because, you know, I love my running quarterbacks. Uh, and I think that's a great pickup. And I think if he's healthy, uh, there's, there's, there's no earth shattering prediction here. If he's healthy, they'll be really good. Uh, one thing he has to do, he's got that Tebow quality. Every once in a while, he'll he'll miss the guy that's wide open in the flat, yes. unlike Lamar Jackson, who throws laser beams. Uh, he just if he's having one of those fifteen in one years, like he did with the Panthers, where he's hitting the guys, the checkdown guys. Then, and you know what, he's going to have some. He's going to have better coaches designing a scheme for the one of the biggest guys in the football field. When Cam yes. Newton runs out to play quarterback, he's one of the biggest guys in the field. So if you got geniuses, very few coaches are geniuses. They whistle with their fingers for a living, so I very seldom call them geniuses. In football, they have the whistle in their mouth. But Belichick's up there when it comes at least to great coaches, and they'll design something uh, to keep Ken Newton healthy and have him playing well. What do you mean by Colin Kaepernick in a non-football uh, position. There's a lot of issues now that have to do with his ability with social injustice right. and the ability to maybe help out an organization. I'll leave it at that. And okay. you, and you love, I, I, I don't want to say that because I despise conspiracy, conspiracy theories because I'm a New Yorker. When people have 9-11 conspiracy theories, I go crazy Right. because I know what happened on that day. I lost a fraternity brother. But the Patriots, I believe, in a sports conspiracy theory. They announced Cam Newton 45 minutes, under an hour, from the time they got hit with Spygate 2, a third-round draft pick and a million-dollar fine for the way that the organization was taping the sidelines of a game they weren't even playing in. It was the Bengals versus the Browns. Right. The Patriots were going to play the Bengals the following week, and they were taping the sidelines. I think Robert Kraft, this week, as we record this podcast, there was an appeal on the filming of him at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa. Right. So he, Robert Kraft had an article in the New York Post in regards to this trial and what was happening with him. You got Cam, Robert Kraft, Spygate 2, and the judgment. And I'm telling you, Kaepernick now. Kraft, I believe, is trying to get his reputation back, which is so important to him. He's right. done Everything yep. beautifully from taking the NFL to Israel, from bringing a plane to China and bringing back masks, everything right. He's still known for the Orchids of Asia crap. And don't be surprised if Kaepernick and Kraft have been meeting. I'll leave oh, it not, And remember, there's also a Trump association. and He has so many African-American guys on his team. And his, his late wife was like a mother to so many players. Great lady, Myra Kraft. Great yeah, lady. And he's had so many African-American uh, players that he loved like his own sons. And, and because of what the upheaval in Black Lives Matter, et cetera, and Trump not handling all that so well, according to a lot of people, uh, tr- uh, I think that uh, Bob Kraft is probably thinking, I got to do something along those lines too. And if I can put a clarification in there, because some scumbag media member in Boston could take our podcast out of context uh-huh. and just take what I said. No, I want to put that in again. Kraft's been a great humanitarian. Great. He's got six Super Bowls. He's a Mount Rushmore owner now Mm -hmm. because of the Super Bowls. He just happened to, on the day of the AFC championship game, go into a spa 
when he should have been the night before in the team hotel in the executive suite as the owner, which every owner does. He went by that Orchids of Asia. It really had an impact on him trying to, I think, still want to clear his name. So there's a lot going on with the Patriots. I just unraveled a lot that's going on with the Patriots. Cam, Spygate 2, Kaepernick, Orchids of Asia. And it's like a three-card Monty game. The Patriots are trying to make you look away. You're in Times Square. There's a three-card Monty game. And my dad, I remember as a kid seeing this. And you look at the three cards. And there's someone, and you go, oh, I Every I boy I, remembers his first time watching right. those guys do that, oh, yes? There's two black cards and a red card. Or there's three <laughs> shells and, a, and a, you know, an object uh, underneath one of the shells. Yeah, yeah. And yet they play that. But if you know the game, there's a mark in the crowd. There's a gentleman or a woman in the crowd yeah. that's playing along, winning, winning to get you to think you could win, and then trying to distract you. Once the game begins to get you out of the game. So the game flips and makes money. Three card Monty. The Patriots had an incredible week of three card Monty. They got you to look away in the media. The Boston Globe didn't have the story on Orchids of Asia. It was in the New York Post. Right. Cam Newton got signed within the hour on SportsCenter. So the great anchors on SportsCenter are not talking about Kraft and even the fine for Spygate too. They're talking about, say it with me, Cam Newton. So I think this was a wild week with the Patriots organization, and there's much more to come. Well, here's the thing as well that Robert Kraft maybe isn't taking into consideration because of his age. I think he thinks that's a bigger scandal than it really is. Mm-hmm. In, just in the last 20 years in the United States of America, we've had two Supreme Court cases ruling on behalf of of gay marriage and equal civil rights for gays under the 1965 Civil Rights Act. People have opened up, loosened up, come out of closets, uh, have, we've had, we, we know who president's girlfriends are, and we've, we've really loosened up on that issue of not always equating, um, sexuality with morality. A lot of people, have, whether they're liberal or conservative throughout the country, have loosened up on all that. And he's still in his older guy mind, thinking that it's a bigger scandal than it, than it is. Do you, do you agree? Yes. But yeah. again, if I was hanging out at my pool party in my backyard, I wouldn't want you coming up to me saying, oh, JT's career's never been better. Two radio shows, the Believe podcast. Oh, by the way, remember a year ago, he was at the Orchids of Asia. <laughs> post. Oh, God. Every single night on Mad Dog Radio, well, Monday through Friday, you're talking about sports on the radio and there's no sports. So... Uh, how's that going? You know, I hate saying this, cause, but it's the truth. Business has never been better. Right. Oh, yeah, my right. God. <laughs> Talking sports and everybody. It was such a common question asked to me for so many weeks. Because, you know, three and a half, four months. And for the first few weeks, it was, how are you going to talk sports without sports? And I said it was never going to be a problem because of the NFL. Right. Now, by the time the NFL is about to come around again, training camps are July 28th. As we record this podcast, the big sources are saying the preseason is officially going to get cut from four to two. And maybe the union 
wants to take it from four to zero because they're worried about COVID and even risking a game which could forfeit the season or the start of it. So imagine we'd be talking about that on July 1st. And I understand it. And in the way that the guys are probably going to miss games, you know, guys are going to miss games because of testing positive for COVID with, at least with football, you got that, you, you know, you got 50 guys on a team, 50 plus guys on a team and you have guys on a practice roster. How many guys on a practice roster? You would know that. Well, 53 on the roster, uh-huh. and then I believe the 15 to 18, okay. 20 guys that you can carry on the injured reserve and uh-huh. the practice squad and floating that. So usually it's 70 to 80 guys floating on a football team, but we care about the 53 who make the squad and start. Well, right, you do. But this year, more than ever, you care about those other guys because yeah. those other guys are going to be playing this year because people are going to be out. It'll probably be a very generous type of injured reserve when it comes to COVID, probably 14 days, and then you have to test negative before you play again. But that's going to happen all year. And in very selfish ways, people just have to hope that Cam Newton or Tom Brady or uh, Patrick Mahomes or any one of the great quarterbacks, uh, if Tom Brady's still great, is going to be able to play during the playoffs. There's going to be selfish hopes like that. You don't want anybody to get sick, but if they do, you don't want them to get sick during the playoffs. Well, we have a fascination for the backup quarterback. We were yes. on radio that ranked the backup quarterback. I know, I know. And remember, Colin Kaepernick couldn't even become a backup quarterback. Yes. There was a conspiracy theory to keep him out where he wasn't a starter, he wasn't a backup, and now easily you want three. Three, you you know, there's always three. Oh God, you're right. In the preseason, they cut it down to two or three. And a lot of teams, like John Gruden, loves Nathan Peterman. Right, loves him. I mean, he really does. Gruden has done a deep dive on this guy. Remember, he threw five interceptions and a half. Right, I remember that. Remember when he did that? So everybody was like, "Oh, the guy must be trash." No, just the opposite. He's really good, and Gruden can't get him on the field because he's got Marcus Mariota as a backup, and then mm-hmm. Carr, the starter. So usually, a coach would give up that third quarterback because they'd want that one backup defensive tackle they want that right offensive lineman in case of an emergency you make a great point this year you need three quarterbacks because two can go out in a week for covid yeah and it's gonna be when it comes to colin kaepernick not only do we rank the backup backup quarterbacks over the years and then count how many uh, were a lot worse than Colin Kaepernick, and it was usually about 32. And uh, and with Colin Kaepernick, though, because there was usually about eight or ten teams he could have started for over the years. So the conspiracy was obvious. He did sue his employer, and they settled out of court. Wink, wink. We will never know how much he settled for or what they uh, – uh, what the NFL uh, agreed to plead guilty in private to with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. But normally you never get to sue your employer and then come back and – work again for that company. In this case, it'll probably be happen because of the very unique times that we live in. The fact that we took the podcast over to believe now we're looking at each other on a zoom. Yes. And uh, that's interesting because I'm in my wife's walk-in closet (laughs) and you're in the loony mansion. And as you can see here, I have a cocktail. Oh, great. I love the fact with my podcast, I can be less buttoned up and I can have a cocktail and relax after being under all the scrutiny of the last couple of days and what's happening with all these really dire sports topics. And as we hit the airway, we're officially over 130,000, 130,000 U.S. dead for COVID. And I always want to get that number in early in the podcast so we could always look back years from now and remember 
how we were tracking it along the way. I always take a look at that daily number to try to figure out where the curve is and even compare it to 9-11. Like yesterday was 1,284. I mean, that's almost half of a 9-11 right there. Every two or three days, it seems to be uh, another 9-11. And so far, I didn't do the math today. I do remember recently we had about at least 40 9-11s. It was as if 9-11 happened 40 times already. So those numbers are beyond the flu now and other things that people predict, uh, predicted, and I wish they were right all those months ago when this country was being formulated, people in log cabins who were farmers in log cabins and rugged people who many times came from other countries or their ancestors did really put their faith in philosophers like Ben Franklin and intellects and, uh, and, and great leaders like George Washington, et cetera, and people to write uh, a declaration of independence and in our constitution. People had so much faith in those smart guys and doctors and philosophers and inventors and thinkers. Now we have a country that says, oh, screw those guys. Jimmy on Facebook says I don't have to wear a mask. And it's uh, so times have changed and that worries me. And I just always want to implore people to, I know doctors' minds change because they're not stubborn jerks like the rest of us who don't like to change our mind. Uh, But listen to what the doctors say, not Jimmy on Facebook. A couple of things on that. I keep referencing July 1st because that's a halfway point of the year. Right. So that's the exact halfway point of the year. It's also Bobby Bonilla Day, where every day this year, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla gets $1.19 million because the Wilpon family didn't want to pay him the $5.9 million they owed him. Five point nine, and now he's going to make in the 20s of millions because he's getting 8% interest. But July 1st, I went on the radio earlier today and I said, wear a mask. And then I came up with something. I said, wow. I got a mask client on the radio, a sanitary company that makes mm-hmm. them. And I said, wear, the, wear it for the month. And then I went into the studio and I recorded a PSA without anybody asking me. I said, put me in the studio. Let me do this 15 seconds. I said, hello, I'm JT the Brick. It's July 1st. Wear a mask for the entire month until August 1st. And we'll recheck the numbers and we'll go from there. Because as you said, we love round numbers in this country. We like numbers that we can remember. Why don't we bleep and wear a mask from July 1st to August 1st and see if it works? So then we don't have to listen to the right-wing wacko or the left-wing lunatic guy and the don't wear a mask, the CO2 will come back and kill you. Or a mask doesn't mean anything. Or people who are crazy, you better not be in your car. Just wear the mask, Tom, for 30 days. And then let's Report back and see how it goes. Right. And remember, once you wear it for those 30 days, you do have to give a little while for those numbers to come back. Because if you remember, when we started opening up the states a little too early, in the beginning, we were looking at the numbers saying, oh, looks okay to me. Look at Georgia opened up. They're fine. But then eventually, then eventually, right, eventually we were looking at the numbers too soon because we, the people, don't know how to look at the numbers. We didn't wait long enough. We're very impatient people. And because we're so impatient and as Americans, we don't like to be told what to do. We're rugged individualists. And so that works into our DNA and sometimes in the cases like this works against us. But because we were impatient, you know, we may lose sports. And since you and I have met through sports and we'll put it back and wrap a sports bow on it, let's not be impatient or political weenies and lose our sports. One thing you don't want to say on the record in front of cameras and microphones you don't want to make predictions about pandemics 
right. and death. Like right. you don't want to make a prediction. If you ask me what's going to be the score of the Buffalo Bills Dolphins game, it might end up being 13 10, right. and I might have guessed 31 28. We move on the next day. Yep. But when the Speaker of the House said, Yeah, you can walk through Chinatown early, or the President said, Oh, there's just one person, literally not a thousand, one person who has it. And then people talked about, Well, you know, it'll be gone by the summer. The people that doubled down when they said only a thousand or a few thousand, and now we're at 130,000, they're just doubling down again. Because they can't admit it. You mentioned Dr. Drew was right. the first reputable guy yep. who admitted on COVID that he was wrong with this. There are still some assholes out there who just got it completely wrong. And I didn't want to make this whole podcast about this, but yeah. there are still guys but, who got it wrong and just won't let it go. It's weird. You know, in life, we have to we, we have to do it with our teams, you know, Detroit Lions fans or me <laughs> as a Lakers fan the last eight years. You have to have a sense of humor when your team stinks. You have to have a sense of humor when you're wrong. We have to have it about sports because we're wrong all the time, right? But for some reason, when it comes to political stuff, we're incredibly stubborn about admitting when we are wrong or having a sense of humor about it. But let's not be political weenies in that way. You and I, you know, I've, I've always said if you fall in love with a politician, it's like falling in love with a stripper. It's a lot of fun, but you do wake up one day like Morty Seinfeld and say, my wallet's gone. And the same thing with politicians. We do have to, you know, if you're a fan of Joe Biden or a fan of Donald Trump, because and, and they make a, a verbal gaffe, you mm. can't defend it. Just laugh about it because they're human. And you're going to whatever politician you like, they're going to do stupid stuff. And when they do, don't defend it. Laugh it off because a lot of times politics is like sports. The, the Lakers got caught, you know, taking a million dollars as because they were suffering from COVID-19 consequences. They had to give it back once they got caught. I would have been more outraged if it was the Clippers. But it was the Lakers. I wasn't as outraged. This, we do this. We have to have a sense of humor about it. We do the same thing with politics all the time. We're not as outraged when our guy uh, commits a faux pas than the other guy. But if my guy dates a uh, a porn star, I have to say, yeah, looks like he did. And not like defend it or blame the media. Just have fun with it. It's only politics. But look, here I was telling our new boss, Braun, and right. the guys that I wanted a more formatted podcast and I wanted my topics to be. <laughs> now I'm opening up with a cocktail, talking about <laughs> what we want. And that's why it's a podcast. That's right. It do whatever you want. Elon Musk can take a big, big hit out of a doobie and still send rockets into space. Oh, and by the way, let me tell you this because I have it here on my phone. <laughs> you know, I'm in the stock market. Yep. Tesla, which I happen to own, Tesla was up another 39 points today. Tesla is at trading per share $1,119 a share. Oh, Okay, Uh, Tesla. And when people were saying, and I just bring this up because they were talking about Elon Musk. Oh, did he lose his company when he blew weed out in front of Joe Rogan? No, the company's never been more successful. (laughs) They're putting rockets up in the air and driverless cars. He took a hit off a doobie and everybody went nuts. Yeah, and that was really strange when everyone did go nuts because uh, look what year it is. And uh, and it's amazing. In this country, we have gotten to a point where, remember, you remember the people that went to Woodstock are a lot older than us, JT. And they were people smoking pot at Woodstock, I assume now are, well, close to 70. So People aren't offended by pot anymore. 
because most of the people who are offended by pot aren't around anymore. They're, they're, they're the same place as the people who were offended by loud music. They're gone. <laughs> you know, remember, remember when old people hated loud music? Now 70 year olds go to Rolling Stones concert for their 70th birthday. Great segue with pot and sex okay. to what NBA athletes like. Oh, and yes. <laughs> we, have, we have a topic that we both believe we're experts on because we've been talking about it for yes. decades. And because we were in our 20s once. The NBA players now are going to the bubble in Orlando, and there's a lot of doubt. Yep. There's a lot of doubt for a couple of reasons. First off, the COVID numbers are spiking. The governor in Florida. Of- the governor of Florida was one of those guys we just talked about who pounded his chest. You were about to blame, make us be the next New York. And this was, you know, three weeks, a months ago. Look at us. We're doing great. And now Cuomo in New York, they're doing great. And Florida's a mess. So NBA players are concerned about Black Lives Matter, social consciousness when it comes to racial injustice. I never thought a bunch of guys were going to quit playing basketball because they wanted to protest in the streets no, either, every no. night. That wasn't going to happen, but consciously, they're going to talk about it on that platform. Number two is that the numbers are spiking, and the players who are going to play for weeks on end, like the Lakers, the Clippers, Milwaukee, Boston, right? they can't get their wives in the bubble in the beginning. They can't get their girlfriends in, and most importantly, their mistresses. Mm, yes. So they can't get anybody in the bubble to have sex with or to have a good time with. And it's a real topic. Stephen A. talked about it. They covered this topic on ESPN two days ago. Over the years, we've talked about the tinderification yes. of, of the NBA. It was, tinderification. Yeah, yeah because uh, you know, a lot of guys, a lot less guys were getting caught in the club at 2 in the morning, getting in trouble in a club at 2 in the morning uh, because they were, they were just swiping right and swiping left on Tinder and ordering in. And so a lot of times we've had a lot uh, over the years, we've had a lot less issues in bars late at night for that reason. No guys out there with the last call panic. They've just been swiping and ordering in on Tinder. Yeah, the only players that wanted to hook up still after all these years in the clubs were the guys who wanted to date a Kardashian. Right. Like yes. you'd go in, in Hollywood, yes. you'd have to go out to yes. meet a But, you know, if you're swiping right or if you're, hook, if you're hooking up, you're swiping right or left. Swipe left if you're not interested. Swipe right if you are, from what I hear. If you can stay in the bubble, and on a Tuesday night, you just played an early game, 4.30 game. Mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, you go back to your room. You got no wife. You got no girlfriend. You shower up. You order room service. And by the way, they're going to get the best room service in the right. world. But they we're already stay- remember we're already talking about room service. We're talking about Tinder. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get the best food in the world. They're gonna okay. get the best movies, oh, all for right. free. They're gonna have channels with everything. In order for them to hook up in Orlando, they're gonna have to find a woman who has to get to the back gate of the bubble. They're gonna have to pay off that person to get that woman into their hotel secured property, which is gonna be as secure as Fort Knox. And I'm not saying they can't pay off more people to get her upstairs to the room, but NBA is going to have cameras, security, former FBI, former police as their paid security. These players are realizing it's not going to be easy, Tom. Oh, my God. I know. The younger you are, the more impatient you are. And most of the guys in the NBA are in their 20s. And three months seems like forever to people of some age groups. And 
goes just like that for people of others. I won't say which ones, JT. But for people in their 20s, that's a heck of a long time. And it's interesting. It shows how times have changed. This has never really been a topic while the microphones have been on in sports talk radio over all these years. Then again, there wasn't a COVID-19 all these years either. Well, there's a really important topic that I want to talk about, which is going to be I'm pretty good at predicting certain things in sports, but this one's a tough one, so I'll throw it by you. Okay. You're hearing the term opting out a lot. Yes. Players have the choice to opt out. And players have the choice four years, years ago to take a knee, and if they did, I would have been pissed off about it. I was pissed off at Kaepernick. Eric Reed. I wish no one took a knee because that's where I was at that time in my life. Now we're at the point where players could opt out. And I'm this close, you can't see my fingers from being pissed off. Right. Because if you're healthy, you shouldn't opt out. If your wife's pregnant, you should opt out. If you have a sick mom, go ahead. I'll never question you on that. But now we got guys, because of social injustice or the threat and fear of COVID, right. that are being told, if you want to opt out of this deal, go ahead. Baseball, hockey, basketball. And I want to ask you, I think, I think fans on social media – are going to be awful with this. I think it's a big topic brewing that a lot of people aren't talking about is how fans and trolls are going to go after these guys who go, I'm out. I just don't like it. It doesn't feel right. I'm not playing. Well, you got to remember, though, people go after you on on social media for anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's high school all over again. That's the number one thing that sucks about social media is once you get out of high school, every previous generation that ever existed on the face of the earth, you are out. And a lot of the high school bullying that happens really you know, stayed in high school. Yeah, you got some at work in your 20s, et cetera, but nothing was like high school. All of a sudden, the Internet's like high school over again. I remember over the years, remember, I always had an obsession with crime statistics, and I was always reporting how, how they were getting lower and lower and how crime statistics in America over the years have, have been lower than any time in the history of statistics. And I would get people coming at me like I had some kind of agenda for pointing that out. Like some, it was some kind of liberal agenda that I was pointing out crimes to like giving good news. Here, I've got good news. We're safer than we've ever been. And people would come at me like I, and that, that's the nature of social media. So these guys are going to have to do that. And I do think it's, this has been always been a, a pet peeve of mine in general throughout the history of the earth that more guys weren't allowed to opt out of going to wars. Okay, I've got a mom and I've got no I've just got no sisters. I'm the only left a male left because for a long time there there was a, there wasn't any rule that there is now that if you only have one male, you don't have to go. Um I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have a baby. All those reasons where God and and family should have come before country, but we weren't allowed to do that for the last 20,000 years. And so this brings back a conversation, which I'm happy to have, and I'm happy the NBA is having, where, uh, you know, sh uh, should we be able to opt out more often to spend time with our family? But you can't have the Marines and the Navy and the Lakers and the <laughs> Phillies if everybody opts out. You can't have a team. <laughs> like, if everybody said, I'm opting out, well, why? Well, I, you know, consciously, I want to opt out. I'm, I'm concerned about my health. I'm at the first point in my career as a broadcaster where I'm not allowed I could, I can do it on this podcast or anything. But if I say, what do you mean? Everybody's going to judge me. They're going to judge me and say, what an asshole he is. He just told the player that's healthy, doesn't have a wife who's pregnant. No one in his family has COVID that he wants to opt out. And you're not allowed to question that because if Anthony Davis 
opted out. Just give me an example. Okay. There's 0.0 chance that LeBron can win a title. He goes from being the favorite at right. Caesars Palace to no chance at all. And Anthony Davis, I think, is going to opt in. So, again, everybody, hold your hands, kumbaya. If you want to opt out, you can do it. But I think people on social media are going to be looking for these people. I'm going to give them a pass because it's COVID and it's George Floyd and all that. But it, I'm telling you, mark my word, a month from now, you'll bring it up on a podcast and say, oh, my God, I remember when you said that. Well, as you know, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life because mm-hmm. I think you can't walk around with a lot of regrets. Uh, unless the, the regrets that I have are all personal transgressions where I wish I behaved, where I behaved yeah. poorly and I wish it didn't happen. Other than that, I don't walk around with them. However... I almost did a year in Europe when I was a junior in, in college. And if I had, you never would have known me <laughs> because I've been to Europe now in my you know 30s and 40s so many times. Like, oh, my God, I'm so Europe. And in Europe, you don't live to work like we do in America. You work to live. So I like any rule in any occupation that says, ah. Show up if you like, <laughs> because I think we should live life and uh, do far more living and far less working. So it do- it's not going to bother me unless Anthony Davis opts out and Dwight Howard better not opt out either because he was playing great. And I'm here. You know, I'm hearing that that Dwight Howard's still on the fence. Get off that fence and get in your uniform. I need a, a ring for the Lakers. And it's not going to have an asterisk because it's not steroids or there's no Roger Maris. It's a, it's a, it's a different type of year, extenuating circumstances, and everyone should get a trophy, a ring, and a jukes box. Well, Ryan Zimmerman won a World Series for the Nationals. Good player. He's opted yeah. out, but he has a reason behind it. It's like a celebrity coming out of the closet or uh-huh. uh, something happening on Wall Street with, with a name you're familiar with. If big-time players opt out for whatever uncomfortable reason, Damian Lillard gave us the first taste of this about a month ago when he didn't want to come into the bubble because he didn't think they could win. Remember, they didn't didn't (laughs) like the path of how they could do it. And then he got such heat that he had to come back and reframe it again. Right. And I believe now, unless a celebrity superstar like Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron, someone from the Celtics, Tatum, says, you know, I'm going to opt out because – I feel unsafe, and here's why. I had a caller tell me this. It was great. I love giving the callers credit. Caller said, what happens if we don't know enough about COVID and something happens and you get it in your 20s and your lungs don't ever come back and you lose 2 to 5% of your overall athletic ability? And I said, well, that would be risky. He goes, no, JT, you're missing my point. That 2 to 5% is that the reason lost they're in. is the reason why they're in the pros and yep. are all-stars. Not regular players, they're all-stars. So I'm starting to understand that health and safety, even in the bubble, is a big topic. Yeah, because of the invisible nature of COVID-19 and how it does something to some people and doesn't to others, that it does give people, I think anybody who doesn't want to do it. You know, I, I would never watch, I've never seen any movie about any contagion or the movie contagion or where they quarantine an area. Uh, how paranoid have I been since uh, since February with the word quarantine being thrown around? Because I would never watch any movie with a quarantine where they put a fence around a neighborhood and nobody could leave. I don't even know what happens in those movies because I wouldn't watch them. And now this comes along. And, and and you and I can't visit our parents, which we've talked about in far too many podcasts. But this is a lot of people. This is their first time listening. Hi. So 
it's it's affecting everybody in different ways. And I and you know, as I see guys at the gym and we're just bumping elbows, and I always make a comment about where you know we're we're protecting the old people because. How many times have I also said to you on and off the air as we worry about old people in our life that, you know, my friend's father died at 93, but his father probably would have made it to 100. So interesting. Yeah. 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 And but his dad died at 93 of COVID-19. And so 93 is a great number, but not not to him because he could have lived to 100. And so and you always like to talk about the greatest generation. I think it's an obnoxious yeah. name for any generation, but you and Tom Brokaw love it. So, <laughs> so, uh, but nevertheless, this is how we want to treat our greatest generation. We want to walk around, not ma- wear a mask and say it's just mostly old people anyway. That's not going to be me. Well, let's keep it light because before I circle back, Carl, okay. Reiner, Carl Reiner passed away. Oh, yeah. Talking about people well into their 90s. Uh, the show shows the Dick Van Dyke show, right. the jerk, the movies he was about, uh, being in the Ocean Eleven movie. He was great in the Ocean Fantastic. Eleven movie. But unless you really paid attention, because it was before all of our times. Right. But all you had to do was just pay attention to Johnny Carson or the people who talked about this on documentaries. He was so much better than everyone as a comedian as an actor, comedian, producer, and the most important thing, a writer, a guy who yes. can write for Mel Brooks, that we saw the complete entertainer comedian die in his 90s, um, hoping of natural causes. Right. But, they didn't tell uh, us. Right. Yeah. And I just wanted to get that in, as you mentioned, 93, and, and some some gentleman losing his life who could have lived to 100 we got a lot out of Carl Reiner, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing, too. And you know, I mostly know from the Ocean Eleven movies and because I've always been, you know, I always believe that every human being on the earth, every one of God's children has at least one area of genius. As you know, JT, I have 11. One of them is comedy and stand-up comedy. You know, I've got my Mount Rushmore and I grew up on stand-up comedy albums and cassettes over the years. And uh, he was held, and I didn't have any of his, but he was held in great reverence. And any book you ever read, uh, you know, uh, Steve Martin wrote a great book called Born Standing Up, one of the great books ever, even if you're not into him or stand-up comedy. It's great. And uh, with him and Bill Cosby and all the guys I like growing up, and Steve Martin and George Carlin, they held him, Carl Reiner, in such reverence. And how often did the older comedians always talk about Carl Reiner and the show of shows? I haven't even seen it on YouTube. I know that I guess they had a skit with a thousand year old man. That's all I know. I just know that those two were funny. And he was one of those rare, non neurotic, crying on the inside clown comedians. Most comedians always talk about how that's usually the normal comedian is a very abnormal crying on the inside clown. And not Carl Reiner. He was a very kind of stable, non neurotic person who loved his friends and his friends loved him. Well, I would say this because I'm in my wife's walk-in bedroom closet, and I hope I lived into my 90s <laughs> with too. my wife. But the way he hung out with Mel Brooks, you know, my best friend, Jimmy oh, B., you're one of be my you. best friends. <laughs> I, would lo- I would love in my 90s to call Jimmy B. or forever, whoever, Bobby G., any of my friends, and say, hey, we're in our 90s. I'm coming over. Routine every day. We're going to order in from our favorite diner in Hollywood. Every day. And every yep. day. We're going to watch Jeopardy. And then we're going to talk and then I'm going to go home. They couldn't do that at the end because of COVID. Yeah. Mel Brooks yeah. And Carl Reiner, who had a routine of having 
what we would consider back in the day a TV dinner, sitting yeah. in front of the TV, having their dinner together, watching television, weren't able to do that at the end of their lives because of COVID. How sad is that? Oh, and there's a lot of sad stories like that of people who can't, people waving through the window yes. to their friends and to their parents and to their grandparents because that's all they can do right now. It's, or, or in people dying alone. And uh, it is a really a tough time that we're going through. And there's a there seems to be a cognitive dissonance that so many of us are trying to act like it's not really happening or it doesn't affect us. And the unfortunate thing happens. And we always we see the stories on our local news. The stories on the local news are the guys that said, yeah, I was an anti-mask guy. And then we had a party at my house. You know, now my grandfather's dead. And now 16 of us got it. And there's a story like 28, a family every of 28. Night, every night there's a story. If yes. you watch the news and you don't watch, you know, social media, if you watch the news, you get a story like that every night. Yep. Of if there's a family in L.A. of 28, they have together for a reunion. All 28 of them ended up with it. Uh, and, and it's um, and so it's one of those things where we did. You and I thought when this started, this is one thing that can't really be political. It's a virus. We were like Peter Pan. when We were thinking that way. Please, as we have 130,000 dead, remember one thing about this, because it's going to go on for a while and we're all going to get through it. Just please for me, not Looney, for me, JT, <laughs> please remember the people that guessed wrong. Because Looney can let it go. I can't no, let right, it go. That's true. <laughs> Just remember the people that guessed wrong on the number and ask yourself, why did they guess? I'm not talking about the scientist. Right. Disease control. They had to put a number out there. Was it 250, 100, Dr. Fauci? Right. You know, I get that. Just think about the others who just guessed wrong and they never needed to guess. I never came on a radio show or a podcast and once said, you know, by September, week three of the Raiders season, I think we'll be at 80,000 dead the most. And it, no, because I knew that that would be insane to even make that prediction. Well, it's also because you're, you have manners. Right. It's also it's it's also insane to do because we have manners and it's uh death isn't a numbers game. It's not it's not Jimmy the Greek talking about intangibles and 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 the over or the under. And and it was inappropriate and I'm glad uh, for a lot of people to do it and I'm glad you didn't. Here's one thing that's fascinating about that that um that I uh, about watching science unfold in real time. Yes. And it's confusing a lot of people because people will say, well, didn't Fauci say masks weren't necessarily re required in February? Yeah. But the exciting thing that uh, doctors get excited to be wrong. The rest of us don't. And we'll just, we'll just be stubborn and we're happy to be wrong the rest of our lives. Some of us, uh, I'm not one. We have to evolve, but I can be stubborn sometimes when I'm wrong or bullshit when I'm wrong. But doctors don't. They get excited when they realize, wait, I've been telling you to take ibuprofen and I really should have been a vitamin C tab. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I was wrong. Doctors get excited when they're wrong because the, but there's new research. That come out. And we're watching as this goes on research in, in, in real time because of the way the Internet works and information and the way these great doctors react to it and say, OK. We were off on that research. We've got more. Here's what we think now. And then people leap to this conclusion. Ah, oh, they don't know. What do they know? No, 
we've got to have respect for them because as you and you and I, JT, are two of those guys, the class clowns who didn't always do their homework. We have to listen to the homework guys now. <laughs> they're sometimes they're annoying, but we gotta to listen to the homework guys and they're the doctors. What I've learned from this is I don't like science in real time. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't like You're science right. in real time. I like when people use science over time and then they come up with something great. Right. Or, the same with medicine. We'd like everybody to go into a hospital and be able in five minutes to get diagnosed. One of my best friends spent months in a hospital with several different complications <sighs> because the doctors, the proud doctors who are unbelievable, couldn't diagnose the problem in a hospital. And he got worse and worse and came back literally from the dead and then finally came out after a couple of months. We're used to people fighting through cancer and getting to the end of chemo, and then maybe they're clean and they get on with life. This, we're no closer. I'm sure we have a vaccine coming. There's things we don't know, but I can't believe what's happened from mid-March until July 1st as we broadcast this and how far behind we are from where I thought we would be and how much worse it looks media-wise than what we thought it was in April and May when it was pretty bad. Yeah, so much to unpack there with what you just said. But yeah. one thing about uh, the vaccine that I keep talking about is I want to know why they're so confident that they can get a vaccine so fast. And maybe viruses are different, but they haven't been able, you know, <laughs> since the flu that we, the, the 1918 flu that we've heard so much about now. The flu 100 years ago that killed 20 million people, they still don't have a flu vaccine. We have a shot. And we can still get the flu, but that shot makes things a lot better for us, and we don't die now. But that's not a vaccine. That's a, that's a shot. Uh, the AIDS, uh, with, with AIDS, AIDS, HIV and AIDS, they've got pills now that where people now live a normal life, and they still have to take a pill every day, but there's no vaccine. And so that's been 20 years they're working on that. So that's 100 years on the flu vaccine. They don't have one. 20 years on the HIV vaccine. They don't have one. And we're supposed to have a COVID-19 vaccine by Christmas. I need to know. I need a senator to ask Fauci that question. How the hell are they going to do that? I want to get back to Europe where you were running around with a banana hammock in your 20s. Yes. (laughs) We're not allowed in Europe. Think of this. Think of this in this Believe podcast. You won't believe this. We, and we have international listeners, but those in America, we're not allowed in Europe. We're not. There's there's a blockade in Europe where we are not allowed to go vacation and travel because we are not doing well with COVID. Yeah. Who the hell had that? Who figured that one out? Unbelievable, Tom. We feel like that they're calling us a shithole country, don't we? <laughs> Jesus. Never thought that would happen to us. We're not allowed uh, in. Oh, my God. I know. And it's uh, and, and I was talking to our friend Andrew Siciliano. I met his beautiful parents a, a while back. And he said, where are you going to go on your next trip? Because Andrew loves to travel. I love to travel. He goes to all kinds of great exotic places. And I said, I think I want to go back to Italy. And it was just before COVID-19. But uh, and he was telling me it might not be a good idea because he was seeing the n- earlier numbers before I did. Uh, and. And it's just amazing to me that even if I wanted to go escape right now, I would not be allowed to. And that just goes to show we've mishandled this and we have to look in the mirror. And uh, and we just can't always blame the president because there are people out there. You know, people like to do that. But president, you know, with the economy or COVID, the president's going to get the credit and the blame, whether who, no matter who's ever president, uh, that that's the way it goes. 
But we also have to take a look in the mirror. You and I have always said it doesn't matter who's president. I'm going to take care of my life. And that's the way we always all need to look at it now. And even if you don't believe in masks, uh, wear one anyway, just in case you're wrong. Oh, some people can't. They just won't. They're so politically triggered wow. that they won't do They're it. afraid somebody will think they're a liberal. Or so whatever it is. wear a mask. Okay. Whatever it is. We got all wackos right. all over the place. Speaking of, we were talking about Europe. It's July 1st. Tonight's my sister, Jill, who you met, my youngest sister. Yes. It's her 25-year wedding anniversary. Oh, my gosh. She didn't oh, look old enough to be married. Yeah, my youngest years. sister, 25-year. They were going with my other sister, Dana, and then bringing my parents, who are 82 and 80, to Italy to Torino to go see where my grandfather was born. Oh, no. They're going on a trip of a lifetime. And my dad was going with my sisters. And I couldn't believe it. They lost that trip. But even oh. if they wanted to go, in my background of my mind, the far cavern of the back of my mind, I was like, man, I hope if they get a chance to go, they go. But if they can't and it's too risky, I know my family, they're not going to go. But my dad, they're not going to go. Uh-huh. They're not even allowed to go. Uh, they shut, there's a European travel ban. Even if you want to fulfill your lifetime trip and go to the Vatican, you want to go mm. somewhere brilliant in Europe. We, the United States, with 130,000 dead, with 16 states, including Nevada, where I am, not allowed to travel to New York. Governor Cuomo and the governor of Jersey said, keep yourself out of our state. This is where the world is at on July 1st. It's unbelievable. We're the kids who got seized, so we can't take the field trip yes. to Europe. Unbelievable. We nope. screwed up. We didn't go to summer school. We're we not got allowed a to bad go grade on our COVID-19 behavior around the world, and we're not allowed in those countries. That should tell us something. And unfortunately, probably it'll only bother people who don't travel anyway. But it's uh, it's really important for all of us. I always just think to do it for the old. I just rather err on the side of, uh, of even being wrong or being silly by wearing a mask and, uh, and not killing my mother. Guilty pleasure, guilty right. pleasure, dirty John on USA television network, the Betty Broderick story all in La Jolla. I was around right after this to pro- a prominent attorney builds his whole career with this wife who did everything right. Leaves her for a younger woman ends up leaving her and beating her because he's a divorce attorney and Betty, Betty Broderick's a little bit whacked out. She ends up killing her ex-husband and her ex-husband's new wife, which was his mistress in the beginning. It's fantastic television. Amanda Pete deserves a golden globe. Christian Slater plays Dan Broderick, the attorney who ends up getting killed and, Really a great role here. So I'm going off the beaten track. I'm going with Dirty John, uh, the 12th of Never. It's fantastic season two. You got to see it. Oh, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say the same thing about that show. A couple of things I saw. Crip Camp. Did I tell you about Crip Camp? You told my wife and she made me watch it. It was great. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, any great movie makes you fall in love with a character early on. And that movie, you fall in love with four or five characters. Yeah, it's a camp in upstate New York using 70s lingo, crippled camp, crip camp. And it's kids with polio and cerebral palsy and various other handicaps, incredible handicap who never got picked for gym class, were never cool. 
And uh, because of and sometimes we're, you know, had, had, weren't allowed to go to school. They didn't used to allow special needs kids to even go to school. And uh, right up until the seventies, actually right up until the Americans for Disability Act signed by President Bush, which is part of this. But because you make friends and keep them and I make friends and keep them, of course, this movie sang to us as well, not only because it had all these angels with all these handicaps, uh, but also they one summer that they spent in upstate New York where they also got to smoke cigarettes and smoke pot and make out and get venereal disease and do things like a normal teenager, which they were always overprotected. They could never do. I'm not ruining anything by telling the listener this. And they stayed in touch pre-digital age all yes. that time. And and I know I'm prone to hyperbole and exaggeration, but they did change the world. And uh, and they changed the country and eventually the world. The reason why we have a handicapped little step on the corner of every corner of the United States is because of those guys in that camp. Great movie. And you've got to see the movie. And I also, last night, or maybe it was the night before, I had seen, it doesn't matter what night, I saw Bring Down the House. It was four women that ran for Congress in 2018. Uh, one of them won, Alexandria Alcasio-Cortez. But I... I you know, I always thought that all I did, I only knew her by the cliches that were thrown at her. I didn't know that she was, you know, she was a microbiologist. She got a microbiology scholarship to college. I just thought she was a bartender. You know what I mean? All we knew was bartender, bartender, bartender. We didn't know she was a smarty pants in school and eventually changed her major in college. And this wasn't even her ego trip. It was a local democratic club that got together well actually the freedom democrats is around the country super liberal organization trying to get young people to run against incumbents and her brother was at one of the meetings and nominated her so it wasn't even her ego trip her brother said oh my sister would be a good congresswoman person and she ran and she won and it's a fun story it's a really fun story even when you put politics aside because there's four women in it that are running of humble origins against incumbent senators or congressmen and it's really good can we remain friends if I tell you honestly I will not watch it? <laughs> of course we can. Okay. okay. And the last thing, I talked to our buddy, nice plug, nice plug, Jackson Murphy, Lights Camera yes. Jackson, the youngest man to win the New York Emmy for his film critic reviews. Great guy. His mentor's Regis. Right. Regis loves him. It's a great story. Lights-camera-jackson.com. Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah comes on Disney Plus Friday. Okay, I didn't see Hamilton didn't on Broadway. I'm, uh, I think it's beneath us that we had that much time to see Hamilton. I know. Not on Broadway, but in L.A. It was also at the Pentagon in L.A. It was times. everywhere. Yep. It was everywhere. And we didn't see it. I know. This is the original cast, which I like that. I want to see the original band. You know, I, right. I want to see the guy. I want to see right. the original Eagles, <laughs> not the Vince Skill Eagles. Sorry. And this is the original cast. It airs Friday on Disney Plus. I'll leave you on this note. So I said to myself, so I'm watching a lot of Netflix. I'm watching a lot of Hulu and just everything. And I look at my wife and I go, man, I've always wanted to see Hamilton, but it's on Disney Plus. And she goes, Oh, yeah, Jason downloaded that a month ago, never told us. <laughs> what do you mean? The Disney Plus with Star Wars, it's like 20 <laughs> a month or nine, whatever it is. You know, people are cutting the cords on ESPN. Right. <laughs> They're getting rid of HBO and Cinemax. And I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I got rid of the baseball package. Right. Of course you did. Yeah. So I think I'm saving a little bit of money during a pandemic. She's like, oh, well, we have that. You'll, you'll be able to watch it. Friday. <laughs> 
Yeah. So watch Hamilton okay. on Friday and even subscribe to Disney Plus to watch this masterpiece yeah. that they were smart enough to film in 2016. And Bob Iger said it was supposed to come out in the movies in 2021. And he said, no, there's a pandemic. Put it up. Let's go. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and being a political geek, I know I will like it. It is a musical. So uh, and, and plus, uh, I, I got to see how they did that because yeah. everybody who's seen it has loved it. So uh, I've, uh, my curiosity will be killing me. Did we and, go too long on the podcast? No, we okay. Uh, look, look, no, because uh, the, the our recording mechanism will cut us off if there if there are three or more, and there's only you and me today, so we're okay. Uh, one thing about the oh, one thing when people say we can end on this now mm-hmm. uh, for this segment of the JT and Looney podcast, I believe, and that would be when people say, "Oh, our political politics has never been so volatile." We have to remind them that Hamilton was assassinated by Vice President Aaron Burr. Uh, so we have had more. Vo- we ha- we had there was a time when our vice president assassinated our secretary of Treasury, by the way, and was never jailed for it. So well, we had- we're getting close. We're getting close to that in the summer of 2020. I shouldn't jinx it and speak too soon. <laughs> Thanks okay. to Believe for the podcast. I love the Believe podcast network. Boom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.